people are going to destinations because they want to experience everything the destination has to offer. And as you know, aside from resort hotels where you're within the hotel and you're getting that full experience. And so, you know, looking at the market and how do you create meaningful packages for consumers to make it easy for them to get into the market and not have to do so much footwork ahead of time really gets them excited about the efficiencies within. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Hey, Matt, how's it going? (laughs) That sounded kind of familiar, (laughs) but I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. I am really excited for our guest today. But first, quick question for you. Yes. Matt, do you own a printer? I actually do, yes. I thought you'd say that. But you don't, do you? (laughs) I do not own a printer. I try to be as paperless as possible. And I got to tell you, whenever I am asked to print something, it honestly like ruins my day. (laughs) Like I have to completely like change everything I'm doing (laughs) to, to now reformat my day around printing what could be one or two pages. Yeah. Well, I have to credit you for teaching me how to do something without my printer. Uh, We were working on something and you said, well, you can just add a signature in in (laughs) PDF and you don't have to print it and then sign it and then scan it. So I I appreciate that technological um, guidance from you uh, on on not using a printer. I try to stay a little ahead of the curve. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I was way behind. (laughs) because <laughs> you did say oh yeah i'm gonna print this and then i'm gonna scan it and i was like Matt, come on. Yeah, don't do that yeah the, the world is moving uh more and more digital every single day and i think that leads really nicely into our guest today we have milani metter she is the ceo of redeem that's redeem with an a r-e-d-e-a-m which helps to digitize the voucher process between attractions and online travel agencies or OTAs for short. And you know, one of the things that's really interesting is this may not be something that a lot of guests or consumers think too much about until you get to your hotel and you book a, a, an activity in a new city. And like you said, it says, print this voucher. And you're like, oh, where am I going to print it? Maybe there's a business center in the hotel. Maybe they'll accept you know, what you've got on your mobile device as a, as a ticket. But um, what Redeem does is really take that that pinch point out of the process and kind of creates this entire digital ecosystem so that you can stay in that digital bubble from going going on an airplane, checking into the hotel, doing it all with your mobile device and digitally, and creating that experience for attractions as well. And, and the other thing too is that this has such a positive impact to the guest experience. I, so many years ago, about 10, 11 years ago, uh, I've worked guest services in a large theme park and whenever I would work, uh, you know, in, in the park, I, you know, I, I would see guests waiting in line for such a long time to go up to guest services, 
to have their voucher redeemed for a standard ticket that they would then take to the turnstile. And at that point, they were able to get into the park. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking back then that why is this guest, what, why do they have to stand in line to do something that they don't want to do? They've already bought it. They, we know that it's valid. You know, there, there should be an easier way to be able to verify and validate this. Um, and, and the other part of it too is also from the operator standpoint as well. When you have an attraction that might be working with several online travel agencies, and there's so many of them out there, you've got different reseller partners. Uh, if let's say you change your ticket prices, uh, you would otherwise need to go through each one of them individually and update those or maybe remove you know, inventory if you've got you know, limited capacity, which I know a lot of attractions do these days, or if you're changing your hours or your prices or your packages. Uh, with Redeem's channel manager, you can actually avoid all of that manual updating to get to those partners and those resellers. Well, and think about what a hassle that would be to have to manually update that. And maybe some people are listening right now and thinking, that is a hassle. I, I've got to do that every single time I make a change. Um, and you're right, that channel manager really helps out with that, um, including looking at reserve with Google um, from one central uh, online platform. Channel manager puts you in the driver's seat with more control, more data, and powerful real-time connectivity. So if you haven't figured it out by now, we have partnered with Redeem uh, for the podcast to uh, uh, help operators learn more about what they can do to minimize these hassles and be able to get those efficiencies. So you should not wait to get recovery ready. You should get centralized today. And you can go to www.redeem.com redeem.com. Again, that's R-E-D-E-A-M slash attraction pros CM. Don't forget the CM at the end that stands for channel manager to learn more now. But before that, let's get to this amazing interview with Milani Metter. Hey, Milani, welcome to the attraction pros podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you here today. Really looking forward to this conversation. So as we get this started, I, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Milani Matter. I am the CEO of Redeem. Uh, I've been in the travel industry for 25 years, initially starting on the hospitality side, then moving to online travel with Orbitz Worldwide, where I spent nine years helping the hotel industry evolve from being offline to an online digitized ecosystem. Uh, I spent six and a half years outside of travel in the fintech space with bankrate.com, um, as well as building a humanitarian nonprofit foundation with my husband, and realized that travel was really where I wanted to be. So I've come back uh, recent, well, uh, three years ago to join Redeem as the CEO. Milani, can you tell us a little bit about how that previous experience in hotels and with Orbitz has really prepared you, I hope it has prepared you, for your, your current role with Redeem? You know, it has. When you look at travel holistically, right, consumers travel by airplane, car, they stay in hotels, but ultimately what they want to do is the experiences in the market that they're traveling to. And when you look at the things to do, experiences, attractions, vertical, it is still very much offline and evolving to a digitized ecosystem. And essentially, that's already been done in the airspace. It's already been done in the hotel space. So in my time in travel, I was part of helping that ecosystem move from traditionally offline where 
online travel agencies were faxing reservations to hotels and they had to data entry to recognize the consumer upon arrival to now a fully digitized experience. You can book your air and your hotel on your mobile device. You can get your boarding pass, uh, check into your hotel. You can go straight onto the plane or straight into your hotel room with your mobile key. And that was part of that uh, evolution to digitization that we're trying to accomplish here in the things to do in, in attractions vertical. That's really interesting. And I think that that's a, you know, a good segue into, uh, into talking about Redeem. And if you can give us an intro into what it is that, uh, that you do and how Redeem helps attractions and things to do uh, grow their business. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So Redeem is an agnostic channel management connectivity platform. And essentially what that means is we are working with the industry, both on the operator attraction tour side to digitally connect to those that are reselling their tickets. You know, if you were to book an attraction today on an online travel agency, there'd be a high probability you'd have to print out a paper voucher. You would take that paper voucher to the equivalent of a box office and turn that into a gate readable ticket. Now, as a consumer, you've just traveled to that destination, you know, likely by, you know, plane or train or car, and you had a very digitized consumer experience. And so imagine you then book a ticket to an attraction and you have to go stand in their box office. That's not ideal from a consumer perspective and certainly not ideal from an attraction standpoint where you have a lot of operational processes and strain on your team to get that consumer into the attraction and starting to spend money. So ultimately the connectivity platform allows for APIs into ticketing systems, attractions directly, um, as well as into those that are reselling their tickets. So ultimately what happens is when a consumer is shopping for things to do in a particular destination, they're able to access real-time rates, inventory content, they're able to transact, that transaction goes right back into the attraction's ticketing system or operating system. And ultimately the consumer gets a confirmation that has a gate ready ticket. So they can go straight into the park and experiencing what that park has to offer. Melanie, I'm curious, when you talk about the strain that happens with some of those experiences, what, were some of those pinch points the reason that Redeem kind of came to be and, and how you wanted to bring all this under sort of one roof? Yeah, 100%. Um, Redeem started as a voucher processing platform because the volume of vouchers that we were being presented to the industry was sizable. So much of the experiences, things to do vertical is still offline. And so ultimately, you know, many, many hundreds of thousands of consumers would arrive to the box office with that paper. And ultimately that attraction likely would have to data entry that information into their ticketing system for reconciling back to that particular reseller. So we started as voucher processing where we would provide the attraction a handheld scanning device that when a consumer did arrive with a voucher and it had a barcode, they could scan it, validate it in real time. And then there was a web portal that helped them with reconciliation back to the resellers. If they worked with a particular reseller or distribution partner that did not have barcode, we could actually put a barcode on that confirmation so it could be scanned. In the absence of any barcode, we would capture a photo and we would data entry on their behalf. So we created a mechanism that allowed them to validate in real time, fraud mitigation, and then assist with reconciliation. As the industry has evolved, ultimately that felt like 
going to the doctor and the doctor treated the symptom, but never addressed the root cause. So at the end of 2018, we at Redeem made a major pivot to ultimately focus on the lack of digitization in our space and build a connectivity platform that made it seamless for operators and attractions to work with the resellers that they were already partnered with, as well as continue to add on additional resellers and not have the operational strain that came along with doing so. Got it. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think it, uh, what you're describing helps get the attractions industry up to speed with, like you mentioned, with, with other areas of hospitality or tourism, you talk about air, you talk about hotel, um, that those were uh, kind of already digitized from the standpoint of being able to book that. Um, you also mentioned that that it helps improve the guest experience as well. Can you expand a little bit on that, on how a guest will have uh, maybe a, a more seamless or, uh, you know, an, an experience with less friction when the operator is working with Redeem? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll actually tell you a personal experience that happened to my husband and I. It was three years ago. We were in uh, uh, Kyoto, Japan for the holidays, and ultimately we wanted to do a rickshaw tour. And I booked on a particular online travel agency site, and I immediately got an, an email that said, please print out this paper voucher and take it to the ticketing office. And I thought, wow, I'm staying in an Airbnb. There's a language barrier. It's, I, I'm unable to print out that paper voucher. So I thought, no worries, I'm just gonna go. They're gonna recognize my reservation and it will be fine. And ultimately they didn't. They didn't recognize the reservation because it wasn't within their ticketing system. I needed to have that paper voucher to prove that I had a booking and a confirmation. Um, and so fast forward six months later, Redeem called and said, this is the problem we're trying to solve. And I thought, yes, that desperately needs to be solved because it was such a clunky experience from a consumer standpoint. So fast forward to current state is there are many resellers that are still offline and the consumer is still asked to print a paper voucher. And again, I go back to, I've just booked my air on my mobile. I've checked into my flight. I've boarding pass, I've gone straight through security and onto the plane without having to engage with many people. Same thing on the hotel space. I've booked my, my hotel room. I've checked into um, the hotel. I've gotten my mobile key and I can go straight to my room. And here I am trying to go into an attraction and I'm told to print out a paper voucher. So with digitizing the ecosystem, you give your consumers the same experience they've had in checking into the flight, checking into the hotel. It's seamless, it's instantaneous, and allows them to really get to what they're there to do, which is to enjoy the experience that you're offering. So it really does improve the consumer journey. And I would say even more so in a post-COVID environment, printing out a paper voucher, standing in line with people you don't know, and then ultimately from an operational standpoint, turning that piece of paper over to employees who are using shared technology is just not an acceptable practice anymore. And so as catastrophic as COVID has been to the travel industry, it really has lit a fire under the need to digitize manual and analog processes that have been in play for quite some time. Yeah, and I would imagine that, you know, one of the things that Josh talks a lot about is from the consumer experience standpoint, you're not necessarily comparing apples to apples. You're not comparing one tour operator to another. You're comparing your experience getting there. And then, you know, you've got this great digitized experience and then you're going back 15, 20 years to, to print out this paper voucher and things. So one of my curiosities is, are there people that are choosing not to 
you know, go on that rickshaw ride because of the, the experience that they're having when they're trying to book and they'll look for some other activity to do. You know, look, I think it needs to be acknowledged that we live in and continue to move towards an instant gratification world, right? You can accomplish so much on your mobile device. You can, you know, one click buy anything you want to on Amazon and it shows up either that day or the next day. And so that's what consumers are expecting. And when they don't get that, there is a level of frustration um, that's in play. And, you know, ultimately you want them to have a great experience from the time that they identified they wanted to work to go to your park from the booking the ticket to getting in the park. Um, you want them to have a great experience from beginning to end. And ultimately, if it's clunky at onset, you know, they might have a different mindset when they get into the park and you know, might not get all they're hoping for out of the experience. Yeah, sure. And I think that that also brings up another point too of the, I believe the channel manager aspect of it. So if an operator is working with multiple OTAs or online travel agencies, then uh, from what I understand that Redeem helps manage all of those at once as well. If there are any changes that they need to make, uh, that, it, that it also helps them from, from just the minimizing strain in the operator side as well. Can you talk a little bit about that too? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the goal for attractions is to get their product in front of as many traveling consumers as possible while maintaining control and serving the partnership in a meaningful way. And ultimately, you know, historically, if you're working with five, six, 10, 10 resellers, there was a high probability you're probably managing six, seven, eight, 10 different extranets. And that can be very time consuming, especially, you know, it, even in a free sell environment where you don't have a limit on the number of tickets you can sell, still managing rates in a multitude of places, managing allotments in a multitude of places is a heavy operational process. Even more so when you're a timed ticket, right? Because you have only a certain amount of a lot, uh, tickets available for that particular time. You're trying to disperse that um, to ensure that you get to a sold out environment and that just is operationally very heavy and can lead to some challenges with overbooking, underbooking, wrong price points, et cetera. And so ultimately with a channel manager, it's a plug and play solution in the sense that ideally you're able to manage your rates, your inventory, your content in a single source of truth, which ultimately is your ticketing system, your booking platform. And in doing so, anytime you make changes, those changes are accepted within the API and onward distributed to those resellers that you work with. So instead of you having to go to the reseller directly and make changes to those allotments or to those rates, you do it within your single source and the channel manager manages those channels on your behalf and manages them separately. So if you have different rates that you wanna to offer to one OTA versus another, or there are certain promotions that you're doing in particular markets, you have the ability to do that via channel management in a very, centralized and streamlined way. And ultimately the benefit of that is you've reduced your operational strain. Um, you have more time on your hands to focus on other areas of the consumer experience. And you can continue to add more and more resellers to distribute your product without increasing the operational load that you have to take on in order to work with more players. Yeah, Melanie, I, I, I want to kind of put myself in the shoes of an operator that may not have this whole digital um, ecosystem. And, you know, I've been running my business for a while. I, I'm doing pretty well. You know, people are, are they're, they're going ahead and they're, they're printing the, the vouchers and things like that. Um, 
why would I want to change? Why, why would I want to, you know, you know, upset my apple cart and go to all this, this, this technical stuff when I'm, I'm doing pretty well? Yeah, no, it's a great question is you're doing well, but it's status quo, right? In that um, your consumer journey hasn't evolved and hasn't evolved with the consumer expectations. Um, number two, you know, operationally, you're in this um, kind of circle where it's, you know, consumer books, they show up with paper voucher, you have to data entry that paper voucher, you have to manually process the resellers. And when you think about it, could that person or that team be spending their time elsewhere that drives more value to the organization, drives more revenue, increases the consumer experience, um, innovates, technically speaking, about what your, you know, your park or your attraction has to offer. But even more so is who doesn't want more revenue, right? And sometimes there's a balance between more revenue and the operational impact it's gonna have on the organization. And in many iterations, we work with partners who could only work with four, five, six resellers because adding more, they just could not keep up with the operational component to it. Mm -hmm. And with a channel manager, you literally can add five, 10, 20, 30 new resellers with minimal operational strain or impact on your organization. So who wouldn't want to minimize the cost associated with managing, um, uh, improve your operational processes internally, drive more revenue and impact the consumer journey through one streamlined platform? Yeah. That makes perfect sense, especially you know when you talk about you know using using technology to help improve efficiencies and that this helps the guest experience, it helps the, the operational strain. Um, and I imagine it, it helps OTAs to some degree as well because it, uh, um, it, it might make the, make the process easier for them to get an attraction on board with, uh, with the OTA, knowing that uh, now there's, there's the, I would say more scalable infrastructure for the operations for the, uh, for the employees who might need to be the, um, updating those, those prices or those packages or, uh, or things like that. Yeah, absolutely accurate. We work with hundreds of resellers and that's exactly the point. This is a very, very fragmented market. When you think about just tours, activities and attractions, there's over 1 million bookable things to do, right? When you just look at tours, activities and attractions, when you expand that to things to do, right? Um, live events, shows, you know, those type of things that the market is massive. And so if you're a reseller, right, your goal is supply acquisition to have as many meaningful products in front of your consumer as possible. To go build that ecosystem is extraordinary, right? You have to integrate into hundreds of ticketing systems. You have to integrate into hundreds of bespoke custom systems for big players. Um, and then you have to have a portal where the small to medium players, right, who may not have a ticketing system. And I always reference the guy with two kayaks in Hawaii, since that's where I'm from. He's not large enough to have a ticketing system, but he has a great product. Doing a, a kayak tour of the Nepali coast is what a lot of people want to do when they go to Kauai, right? Um, but for a reseller to go acquire all of those is a monumental task. And so we have very extensive and strategic partnerships in place with resellers because, again, one API in our system allows them to access thousands of operators in a streamlined, efficient, and uh, fully digitized way. 
So, Milani, I want to switch gears here just for a second, because earlier you talked about pivoting in 2018, and I'm not sure you were allowed to use that before 2020, but I'll let that go. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about something I saw just the other day um, where it said, um, and it was a quote from you that said, Redeem in 2021 is not the same company it was two years ago. And I wondered if you could expand a little bit about that and and talk about kind of some of the changes that Redeem has gone through. Yeah, you know, um, given the experience that I and many players on my team have had in other aspects of travel, whether it been on the air side or on the hotel side, we've been part of that digitized ecosystem uh, um, transformation. And so, you know, again, in 2018, early on, we identified that this is an industry that was desperate for digitization and innovation in our space. Um, and so while we did transform the company in 2018 to move towards digitization, you know, I think one of the benefits that have come out of COVID is a recognition that uh, there was a need to expedite uh, adopting digitization, adopting you know, technical solutions that, again, improve the consumer journey mitigate touch points between customers and employees. And, you know, ultimately that's been good for our industry. You know, I've been around a long time. So I've, you know, Gulf War, 9-11, H1N1, SARS, Anthrax, you name it, I've been through it. And what I know to be true is that travel always rebounds. It looks and acts a little differently than it did before. And that is certainly the case in this post COVID environment is the adoption of technology um, to improve processes, mitigate the operational strain, and get to a better digitized ecosystem, making it easier for partners to work together and to mitigate the operational you know, strain behind it. So, you know, we were lucky at Redeem in that, you know, we have very supportive investors and, you know, and partners. And so we were really able to keep our head down stay focused on execution, continue to turn out integrations in a meaningful way and innovate and enhance our products and our features to not only meet where the industry is today, but where the industry is going and will be five years or 10 years from now. And you know, I think we've done well as a result of that being an agnostic play that ultimately is here to ensure the ease of delivering on partner strategy. We're an extension of their business. So when we sign a partnership with an attraction, ultimately understanding what your distribution strategy is and us providing the technology that allows you to achieve that in a meaningful and structured way. So as we emerge from the pandemic, one of the things that we want to um, uh, that we want to talk about is the importance of that distribution strategy. I'm curious if you are able to tell us really what that means for attractions to have a distribution strategy and and kind of expand upon why that is so important as we you know as we are coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, you know, regardless of what side of the industry you sit on, whether you're an operator or you're a reseller, it's really important to understand how you're going to get your product in front of traveling consumers and maximize those that attend um, your attraction, your tour, maximize the revenue that you have associated with it. And you know, being clear about what you're trying to achieve there. And I think, again, there was some eyes being opened in COVID to, to get a better grasp on what that looks like, who you're going to work with, um, how you're going to revenue manage your product in a capacity constraint world, as well as in a post capacity constraint, how you're going to control your pricing and your inventory and your content. And ultimately, 
are you working with the right players that are going to bring you meaningful consumers that your direct marketing is not going to capture on its own? Mm-hmm. You know, in a lot of markets, we're very reliant on international travelers. And as we well know, you know, that went by the wayside with COVID and will be slow to rebound. And so there was a strong desire to look at are the partners that I'm working with have the ability to bring me local, regional, and domestic consumers? And if not, how do I go acquire those? Not only with you know making some changes to my marketing, but also looking at partners who can bring me diverse consumers. And in doing so, how do I maintain the control over my product and know where it's going, when it's going, how it's going, and what I'm trying to achieve in that in that strategy? So you know, for operators, small or large, it really doesn't matter. It's about having strategy where you know where your product is going, how your product is going to get there, how you're going to maintain control, and making sure that you're maximizing revenue, potential attendance with each distribution partner that you're working with. And so, you know, I do think there was a strong realization in COVID and it gave, you know, unfortunately, you know, People had time on their hands. Um, And so it gave people a chance to step back and not be so involved in the day-to-day operations and really look at their product strategically and how they want to position their product in the marketplace now and five years from now um, to meet consumer expectations and to maximize revenue potential. So thinking about all those different touch points that that consumers have to get to an attraction and and the way you're talking about digitizing that process, does that also give operators a better sense of even where to put their future marketing dollars, knowing where their people have come from? Absolutely. I mean, data is critical, right? And understanding the demographics of Um, the consumers that you bring to the table with your marketing and how does that differentiate uh, when you're, you know, doing SEO and SEM in Google or working with reserve with Google or things to do and the type of customer that um, transacts in that environment versus a customer that might transact at an airline or a global hotel at a concierge or even in online distribution channels with, you know, a lot of the key players that, you know, sell tickets um, direct to consumer. So, you know, taking that data in, understanding the consumer behavior um, is really critical because that does help you fine tune that strategy to again, make sure that you know as much as you need to know about the consumer to uh, meet the expectations of how they're booking and the experience they have within your park, but then also to differentiate the channels and differentiate your strategy for those channels based on what you know of that consumer. What are some of those ways that they would differentiate once they once they get the data, process the data, have a little bit of a better understanding of their consumer? What are the next actions then to make sure that you know the right people are being targeted in the right ways with the same partner or right. with the right partner? You have consumers who don't necessarily care about price. They just want to get their ticket and they want to know their ticket is secured and that they can get into the attraction when they want. You have price sensitive consumers who might be looking for more value associated with their price. And so, you know, potentially offering all inclusive tickets um, versus ad hoc um, could be a meaningful way to target and differentiate your strategy. You know, there are, um, There are sites who target specific types of consumers. They may be membership sites. They may be um, all-inclusive sites. They may be just ticket only. And ultimately, understanding the demographics and working with your distribution partners to know their consumer behavior really allows you to fine-tune 
what you can offer for maximum conversion in that particular channel. So Milani, a couple of times you've talked about kind of looking ahead, you know, five years ahead, 10 years ahead. And you mentioned that travel rebounds. And I totally agree with that. I think, you know, people, we're already seeing a pent up demand. Um, we may not be able to meet all that demand in some of our parks with staffing issues and things like that. Um, but I would love to hear what some of your thoughts are when, when you think five or 10 years uh, in the future, what are some of the things you're expecting to see or even things that you'd like to see? Yeah, you know, I think that coming out of COVID, uh, what we're seeing, and my hope is that it's sustained, is that people are placing more emphasis on quality time with friends and family and experiences than they are material items. Mm -hmm. And so I would say right now, we're not seeing the long, luxurious vacation plans. What we're seeing is more multiple trips with friends and families because you have been cooped up for so long. And uh, I hope that is sustained. I do believe that it will be. And so, you know, understanding that repeat business can be captured in a post-COVID world uh, is something that you should be thinking longer term about. How do you not have a product that's a one and done from a consumer perspective? How do you keep them engaged longer term and wanting to come back to your attraction, I think is critical. Um, you know, I think, uh, streamlined distribution, streamlined ticket acquisition is also something that I think will be meaningful, right? Um, people are going to destinations because they want to experience everything the destination has to offer. And as you know, aside from resort hotels where you're within the hotel and you're getting that full experience. And so, you know, looking at the market and how do you create meaningful packages for consumers to make it easy for them to get into the market and not have to do so much footwork ahead of time really gets them excited about the efficiencies within. And so, you know, I think longer term digitization, creating instant gratification from a consumer, making it easy for them to be an influencer for you and, you know, share with their public, their friends, their family, their social media outlets, why it was so fun and how great of an experience it was to be there, making it easy for them to do so. And then also, you know, potentially looking at in-market cross-selling or even domestic cross-selling. So if they had a great experience at an attraction in California and you have something similar in Texas or New York, partnering to get them to start thinking about, okay, that might be the next destination I go to. And I definitely want to do this in that de destination to see the difference in, you know, the California style versus the New York style. So, you know, I think continual technical innovation, making it easy for the consumer to find you, to book you, to get into your park, um, to be a marketer for you in, you know, a vast social media environment, uh, I think are things that you need to continue to think about now and how that's going to evolve in the future. I think that's so interesting of looking at just overall projected trends and behavior of the way that people are traveling, uh, taking more trips instead of longer trips, which might potentially keep people somewhat closer to home for weekend getaways or even staycations maybe even um, versus maybe saving up for longer trips, international travel uh, or going abroad. But I'm sure that there's gotta be some mix of that as well. So curious as far as, you know, what you see in terms of, um, you know, the, the way that 
that people do travel are, do you think that people are going to want to embrace their local market, uh, you know, a, a lot more as we, you know, as a lot of businesses tried to get their customers to do so in 2020? And is that still going to be, uh, or how will that strategy continue to evolve of wanting to embrace locals to, um, you know, to, to come do what's, what's close to home? Yeah, you know, I think that many markets and many operators have realized that you don't want to be so singular focused on a certain demographic, right? International versus domestic. Personally, I've experienced five states during COVID that I did not experience before. And um, had COVID not hit, I probably would have been more focused on international traveler international travel. And so I think consumers are realizing, hey, there are some really fun things to do uh, in a close proximity to where I live or in the domestic US or in the domestic UK that, um, you know, doesn't, I don't have to take a lot of time off work. I can do over a weekend. And, you know, instead of just sitting home and doing your kind of standard normal things, you can actually get out there and have fun and experiences. And, you know, again, highlight that on your social media to your friends and family and encourage them to do so. I don't see that going away. Candidly, you know, when you realize how easy it is to travel, whether it's to drive or just to take, you know, a, a, a quick flight to the state over from you, I think people are realizing it's a lot easier and less planning is involved than I thought. I'm going to do this more often. And, you know, while international travel is still a critical component to the things to do experiences category, we want to be able to target both the domestic as well as the international to, again, make sure you're getting your product in front of as many traveling consumers as possible. And so, you know, I do foresee domestic travel continuing to be a strong component uh, to our vertical moving forward. You know, I really appreciate what you say there about, you know, finding those things that are near you um, and as a, an, an attractions, okay, I'll just say it, I'm an attraction pro, um, but living in, in Western North Carolina, I've got things on my list that I need to go do because they're local attractions that I haven't done, even though I've lived here for almost six years. Um, and I think you're right that COVID has kind of brought that, brought that out. Um, but I also, I also wonder, you know, how much of that then starts to, that circle expands, right? And so, yes, I'm going to South Carolina, I'm going to Georgia, I'm going to Tennessee. And then how does that then expand? And then does that create another demographic of someone who kind of likes to stay near near home but travels a little bit further but doesn't go completely international um so maybe that that's a, another sort of long-term staycation um that, that we may have to consider no absolutely look i live in colorado i had never been to wyoming it's literally the next state over kind of embarrassing to admit but truthful right when i look at traveling you know, I, I didn't look within where I live. I thought I live here. I experience what it has to offer, but that's not true because you don't get out as a tourist where you live in even the surrounding states or even the United States, right? If you were to question, um, you know, the American public, uh, I think we'd all be shocked about how many states they've actually experienced. I think I'm one of few. I have three states left and I'm anxious to check them off. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily a strong mentality. And so I think that is changing. 
And if you look at some of the marketing coming out of the states, they are trying to target domestic uh, more so than they were before. Um, and I do, again, I think that's going to stick. Um, you know, so I went to Wyoming. It was great. Um, next trip, I thought, okay, let's go a little further. Went to Montana, went to Yellowstone for the first time. It was epic. And now I can't wait to continue to go within my own country and be a tourist in places that I haven't been before. Yeah. And that will continue to be a long-term play for my family. So my question then, looking at this from you know, an, an economic standpoint, a macroeconomic standpoint, is this a good thing? You're now taking trips that are, that are closer to home. You're spending gas instead of airfare. Uh, you know, where, you know, is, is there more money that is going to be spent because people are going to be traveling more, even though people might not be uh, going as far or for as long? Um, or, you know, are we, you know, missing out on so much of the, you know, the uh, overseas flights, you know, that, that airlines are bringing in revenue from? And, you know, it, is this overall just as the, as the industry continues to recover, uh, is, is this better than seeing a lot of international travel and seeing people going long distances and staying long places and spending a lot of money per trip? You know, um, it's, when you're restricted of doing something, you want to do it more, right? If you're on a diet and you think you can't have donuts, all you can think about is donuts, right? So what I think is, right, what I think has happened during COVID is you have been so restricted and locked down and now all you want to do is get out. And so I think it's a great thing because I think more and more people will be traveling once the consumer confidence gets to a higher level, right? The vaccine rollout is going fairly well, um, you know, the reduction in cases. And so as consumer confidence increases, I think more and more people are going to be traveling, including people who might not have traveled before. So I think it's a good thing. I think international is still going to be a huge play, but I think domestic is going to be a bigger play than it was before. And I'm excited about that. I think that's great for our business because you might have more repeat business than you did before. And so, you know, again, really important to define a strategy of what you're going to do to encourage that repeat business and, um, you know, how you differentiate your product domestically versus international. So I personally think it's a great thing. I think more and more people will be traveling because one, they've been locked down, they've missed their friends and family, they feel confined. And so ultimately now they're craving getting out and doing things. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what are the three states that you still have to get to? Uh, Iowa, North Dakota, and South Dakota. And I cannot wait. I, I bought an RV, as many people have in the, in the U.S. during COVID, and I cannot wait to get in it and, uh, and head to those states and see what they have to offer. I'm really excited about it. There are some great things in all those states, and I'm sure you're going to find uh, something to do. So that shouldn't be a problem. Absolutely. I agree with you. I was just going to say, Matt, you've been to, I think, each of those, right? I, I have, yes, yes. <laughs> Fairly recently. Actually, I'll do a little plug. Arnold's Park in Iowa is an amazing little property. If you're in your RV and you, you come across Arnold's Park, you got you to gotta check it out. Excellent. I've just added it to the list. Thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, this is, yeah, this is all really interesting to, you know, to look at how the industry is recovering and, you know, what you envision for the future and how uh, seeing this shift in the way that businesses need to market to their consumers. We talked about, uh, you know, some of the differences and new expectations that, um, you know, that people have when 
seeking more of a digital experience. I'm curious uh, if there are any more you know permanent changes that you see to the way that people are planning for travel that you know the book travel. Uh, as a result of the pandemic, I know we've talked about kind of you know where they're going and you know and uh, and how they're traveling. But are there any other trends that you're foreseeing as well that uh, we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, you know, I just think ease of transacting, ease of researching, ease of purchasing. You know, if you look at the Amazon model, it is way too easy to buy products, right? You can literally one click and it's on your doorstep within hours. You know, ultimately that is creating an expectation within consumers. And so I think what will stick and continue to evolve is make it easy for the consumer to transact. That is what they're expecting. If you create clunkiness, it's gonna get frustrated and you might lose that consumer to someone else who has made the digital process easy for them to acquire. Also make it easy for consumers to become advocates for you. Social media is everywhere. I mean, I couldn't even begin to name the volume of social media outlets that are on there. And influencers is a big play. And so ultimately you also want to make it easy for the consumers to um, share with their friends and family how fun they've had at your attraction and how cool it was or how much they've learned and honestly how easy it was to transact. And so that is a trend that will continue to escalate over time. And it's important now to get on that bandwagon, to start that technical innovation, again, to make it easy for the consumers to transact and and ultimately promote you on your behalf, um, as we see many do in social media today. So I I anticipate that trend will stay and will continue to um, escalate and become of relative importance over time. Yeah, the easier it is to transact and, and become part of the experience then you don't think about it, right? And then you're just thinking about being in that kayak or being in the in the rickshaw and that becomes your experience. You're not worried about, oh, did I bring my voucher and, and those type of things, kind of getting back to the whole whole reason that Redeem is, is um, uh, you know, why Redeem exists. So, uh, Milani, this has been a great conversation, and I really appreciate you getting, as Josh says, granular on a lot of these, a lot of these concepts because it really helps. I think people understand what it is you do and why what you do is so important. If people wanted to learn more about Redeem, where would you send them? To our website, www.redeem.com, and Redeem is spelled R-E-D-E-A-M.com, like you're redeeming a ticket. Um, And so that would be a great place. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to sales at redeem.com as well. Excellent. Milani, any uh, final uh, words of wisdom for our audience out there as we uh, wrap up this interview? No, words of wisdom is travel is such a great industry to be in. And, um, you know, we're in the business of creating great experiences for our customers. Let's continue to do that in a meaningful way. It encourages people to get out and travel. And ultimately, that serves us all very well. Excellent. Very well said. Thank you so much, Milani. It was really great to have you on the podcast here. Really glad that we had the opportunity to chat with you. And to everyone out there, uh, just remember, we are all Attraction Pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.